Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. So I think a lot of people are getting Kevin McCarthy all wrong here and purposefully wrong when they talk about what's going on with the debt ceiling, with the debt limit, and why why is Kevin McCarthy bringing the United States to the brink? To the to the brink. Everyone just just woe up and calm down. Nothing's being brought to the brink. Why would you even say such a thing? What's happening is we have a m- amount of money that we're spending that is basically um, insane. And now you have this moment where you got to raise the debt limit so you can borrow more money to pay off what we spent. Maybe we should be taking a look at future spending and bringing that down. Maybe we should finally get the spending under control, get it ceased, and really start paying off this debt because this debt is destructive. And people are saying, well, my gosh, this is, this is just madness. How in the world could anybody think that this is a rational point of view? This was... Chuck Todd on NBC. But it is the issue of the debt ceiling, this manufactured crisis, that is expected to dominate the conversation. The conversation between Biden and Kevin McCarthy. This manufactured crisis. I'm going to get to that in a second. I wasn't supposed to play that right there, but I did by mistake. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. 833-GOT-TONY, 833-468-8669. Check out how Chuck Todd says this. In this manufactured crisis. What is he talking about when he says this right here? In this manufactured crisis. Why is it manufactured? What's been manufactured? That we have way too much spending going on and we have to reduce it? It is very obvious that debt ceiling is going to be increased. Well, then this is all for nothing. You don't have to have meetings. Just increase the debt ceiling and shut up, Republicans. No, no, that's not what happened in this past election. Republicans got a voice. All right, a thin majority voice, but a voice nonetheless. They control the House. They control the purse strings. Why don't you, Chuck Todd, shut up? Manufactured crisis. This manufactured crisis. Nothing is manufactured by the amount of spending or nothing is, a, is made up regarding the amount of spending being done by this Congress, by our nation. This is nuts. This is nuts. This is dangerous. And this has to stop. That's the story. In full, that's the whole story. I saw that from Chuck Todd and I said, I guess he's trying to figure out how he uh, he he finds his audience now with the changes coming over at CNN. And, of course, a lot of people getting fired over at, at NBC, MSNBC, and, and Lord knows where they've shoved him five days a week. Not feeling that you're relevant there, Chuck? You got to say things that are clearly, clearly ridiculous? This manufactured crisis. Yes, I guess. I guess so. Debt is never something that we should just be like, whatever. It matters. It matters huge. It matters greatly. Kevin McCarthy having the meetings with with Biden, saying afterwards. What we talked about today 
was about moving forward and how we move through on a debt ceiling and how we get an agreement. I believe if we're able to get to an agreement, we could have a funding agreement for the next two years. You won't see omnibuses anymore. You'll see the Senate and the House actually do the job the American public has elected them to do, to walk through the appropriation process, which is the manner in which to do it, where the American public can see where we're spending our money. And I think there's a lot of savings we can find for the American taxpayer. Look, this You'd see me happy if, if we had savings. And and I, I caught aware, or CNN was interviewing a, a member of Congress, what exactly would you cut? And this Congress, uh, this Republican was like, well, I'm not going to negotiate against the Republican Party on CNN. And it was Jim Shudo, who is a smug, smug dude, and once again had that smug, smug face. What is the, the, the argument that CNN is actually making there? Well, you won't admit that you want to cut things. I think Republicans should go the other way with this. I think Republicans should pick out 50 things that are ridiculous and say, we don't fund these things anymore. Yes, we're going to cut these things. I think you go the other way. You don't hide and you don't obfuscate. You don't say, well, we're going to have to take a look. You say it. There are some things that Republicans may like, but we have to accept the fact that that's not something that the federal government, the taxpayers, should have to put their money towards. And there are going to be things that the left likes that we have to be honest about and say that we don't put our money towards those things. We don't put our money towards those things. That's not what we do. That is not who we are. This doesn't work. That dog won't hunt. We don't have the money. And that's the end of the blanking ball game. And just leave it out there. Look, it doesn't matter what you say. The left is going to scream and yell and hoot and holler. They're going to do all of the things. All of them. They're going to lose their heads and lose their minds on all of it put it out there well they're going to use it against us of course they will but has ron DeSantis taught you nothing put it out there we're getting rid of these nine programs because these nine programs are daft ignorant foolhardy they're repetitive that's another word for redundant and we don't need to do that to ourselves gone gone say the words don't Live in fear. Don't be afraid. But one of the things I, I wanted to, to get to was that, that Kevin McCarthy, Speaker of the House, uh, had his uh, briefing uh, today, his speaker briefing, and, and this whole thing is, is, is gotten into. And I want to share with you some of the things he said to get an idea of whether or not there's this, whether or not we're going to see fighters. That's the question before us. Are we going to see fighters? Are there going to be people willing to push? Because you have to be willing to push. You have to. You got to be willing to make the changes. And you got to put yourself out there and let CNN and MSNBC yell at you. Does it matter if Joy Reid calls you a racist because of this or because of something else? She's going to call you a racist, so (laughs) screw it. And I said pick 50 things. Start with nine things. 
These nine things are redundant, unnecessary. We don't need them. They're cut. Goodbye. Here's nine. You want something? We're giving you nine things. I think that's the way you got to approach it. But you got to approach it fearless. The spending is too much and it has to come to an end. So I've got more that I will bring you on this subject that's coming up next. I'm Tony Katz. So everybody's freaking out about the debt limit. Everyone's super crazy about the debt limit. Oh my gosh, Republicans, they're going to force us to default uh, on our on our uh, paying back our debts. This has never happened in American history. Oh, those evil Republicans. Whoa, calm yourself down. We're having a conversation about spending. But the progressive left won't have a conversation about spending. This is exactly our problem. The spending affects all of us except for the progressive left. They view the spending as important. Their purpose, their purpose is to spend. Find another program, spend on another program. Find another need, spend on another need. And anybody who wants to cut a program, oh, they hate children or they hate black people. That's how they operate. And this is no way to actually operate. It's an ugly way to do things. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, good to be with you. It's talking about Kevin McCarthy and and what his words are on the debt limit, but I wanted to share a little bit of of where Schumer was, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, about where he is on this debt limit and exactly just how out of the realm uh, the the they are and how different maybe you and I are. I, I I don't know. Maybe you agree with Schumer. So maybe I shouldn't say you and I, how different these sides are if we're going to say there are only two sides, Republican and Democrat, just for the sake of the conversation. In this conversation, because this isn't about default, this is about despending. And how do we get less of it? Check this out from Chuck Schumer. Of course, everyone thinks about the fiscal implications for the federal government. But we're here to talk about this is an economic nightmare for every American family. This is devastating for them. It's never happened in the history of the country. It would threaten the health we know of our economy and the very stability of the global financial system just at a time when we're recovering, all at the hands of a handful of MAGA extremists in the House Republican Party. At that moment, do you think any of this is serious for the political left? extremist MAGA Republicans. This is about spending. This is about how much we spend. This is about a problem that we have that is ours. In that, it, How could you not think of this as bipartisan? But they don't. They don't. Anything that you discuss is an excuse to an, at- to an attack, a-, a reason to attack, fine to attack, which is why I believe it doesn't matter what they say, keep going forward. Keep going forward. Push them on this. Question them on this. Question their manhood on it. Dear Lord. Oh, you're, 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 you're worried about spending? Well, he must be an extremist. Is a radical position, and that should be stated. But that's the abstract, almost abstract parts of it. This default would mean real dollars coming out of American families' wallets. Mortgages, car loans, credit card rates would all go up Moody's, for instance, predicts a default could raise interest rates substantially, a surge in new mortgage rates to over 8%. I don't actually doubt any of that. I, I, I have no reason to doubt. 
any any of that. The question before us is how else do we get someone's attention? When will the spending stop? When will the debt get paid off? Don't tell me the nonsense over paying off this on the deficit and that on the deficit. When does the debt go down from the whatever trillion it is right now? Sorry, trillions, plural. When do you, when is it okay to have the conversation? When is it okay to have the conversation? Well, Tony, aren't you somebody who says you can't have the conversation about the Second Amendment after somebody's been killed? Dude, you have the conversation anytime you want. We get where the political left is on the subject, and they don't need to have somebody be killed to be able to say to law-abiding citizens, you shouldn't have the right to carry a firearm. This is who they are. This is their passion play that they have in their souls. They don't pay attention to the amount of people who actually get to defend and protect themselves with a firearm. They refuse to engage that conversation. So as Schumer's talking about, it'll cost so much more to get a loan, cost so much more to get this, that, and the other, can we talk about what the spending has done to credit, to what's going on in the nation's economy, how this affects us now, what this debt is doing to our great-grandchildren now? He won't get into that. He won't discuss that. He won't share that. It is cowardice, which is why the political right has to say, you know what? Screw it. Screw it. We're going to have this talk. Let them say about us what we what they will. Who cares? We're going to get called racist anyway. We're going to get called bigots anyway. We're going to be called this, called that. Go at it, guys. Have the honest conversation. When they lie about you, you got to call them a liar directly to their face. You have to walk up to Schumer on the floor of the Senate, the well of the Senate, and say, you are a worthless liar, right to his face, right there for the C-SPAN cameras to see it. Then maybe things will change. Retirement savings, the money workers had spent their entire life for, putting in that money every couple of weeks so they could live a life of some dignity in retirement, they could lose billions as default careens uh, in the economy into a stock market crash. What about the billions that have already been lost because of the inflation that you, Chuck Schumer, voted for with the Inflation Reduction Act and the American Rescue Plan? The trillions you put into the system, and then when you saw the inflation, you added billions more and lied about it being inflation reduction when we all know it was a climate scam plan. What about those people who've already seen their 401ks get all shot to bloody hell? The problem with the argument being made by the political left here is that the argument is based on politics, not on people. They won't look at the destruction they have wrought. They will only look at destruction that doesn't even exist yet. You can't not pay the bills. Okay, we'll pay the bills. But can we ensure that we have less bills coming in the future? Nope. That's bigotry too. That's wrong too. That's an attack on American families too. The only thing we can do is spend, 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 spend. Woo! Yippee! I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what uh, Schumer says when he's spending uh, our money. I'm assuming it's somewhere between woo! And yippee, I assume it's one of the two, but it's Schumer, so it'll be like, yippee, we're spending the money of everybody else while we engage in doing trades with insider information. That's the way 
we like it. Uh, that's my Schumer impression. It's pretty gross, but it's pretty much, you know, on point. A report from Third Way found the average retirement savings would be down $20,000. Every week, put in, people put in their $20, their $50, hoping, again, well, I'll have a decent retirement. $20,000 down the drain because of the brinksmanship and irresponsibility of MAGA Republicans who are playing uh, this default. There are over 65 million seniors relying on Social Security and Medicare to meet ends meet. One in four seniors relies on Social Security for 90% of their income. Congress can't play a game with this. And we have numbers in our states. In New York, 3.7 million on Medicare and Social Security, 5.8 billion in Social Security checks. And we have the numbers in your releases for Maryland, Rhode Island, Nevada, and New Mexico. He's talking about the packets they gave to the press. Yeah, there are people on Social Security and Medicare. That's absolutely correct. But we have to bring down the spending. So now what do you want to talk about? Well, these people on Medicare, I just said we have to bring down the spending. Now what do you want to talk about? Well, Social Security, we have to bring down the spending. Now what do you want to talk about? Because I can bring up a series of programs that aren't Medicare and Social Security. Will you say, okay, we can cut those because we're not touching Medicare and Social Security? And the answer is no, they won't. This is the unseriousness of the people that we have elected. They won't say no. Nope, take that back. They won't say yes. No, wait, is it they won't say no? There's never a program that they won't cut. There's always another program that needs funding. So no matter how you want it, they're going to go the other direction. No, we can't cut that. Yes, we have to spend that. So the saying no, saying yes, I guess it depends on the scene. But there's never a moment where they're not happy spending. And they refuse to engage the honest conversation of what this is doing to us. So I find that this conversation about uh, Schumer's, I never even got to McCarthy, Uh, Schumer is having here regarding uh, the, the, the debt ceiling, the debt limit is of course disingenuous because it isn't the full conversation. The full conversation is very, very necessary. We have not stopped in the spending. Yes, Donald Trump spent. I didn't like it. I also understood that he wasn't a conservative. (laughs) Not. uh, He governed like one in a lot of ways. But that's not his core. He just happened to be listening to the right people on a fair amount of subjects. The spending was out of control. The spending was out of control. You can't drain a swamp if you've got that much spending. Some things have to go. Some programs have to go. The money can't work like this. The abuse of unborn generations, treating them like ATM machines, is simply wrong. It is simply wrong. It's an obscenity. And it absolutely needs to stop. So, let this debt limit conversation start that conversation. Do I have any doubt that the debt limit's going to get raised? Of course I don't. Of course I don't. Do I have any hope that the spending is going to cease? Nope. But don't back down the conversation. I want the Republicans to double down on it. It's now. The time is right now. I'm Tony Katz.
So if you follow the pages of the New York Times, to the extent that you'd ever want to follow the pages of the New York Times, they'll tell you that Ron DeSantis hates black people. They'll tell you that first Florida was the state that said, don't say gay, even though that never happened in any bit of legislation. And then they were the state to tell you, don't say black, because he opposed an advanced placement class saying that, look, if this is about supposed to be at African-American studies, that's one thing. But this isn't about African-American studies. This is about wokeness. This is about things that have nothing to do with being black. These are not things we should be supporting. As you know what? Uh, we shouldn't have these in the state of Florida. It is the college board putting forth those advanced placement classes that decided to make the change. Maybe that's one of the reasons we're not hearing much about this story, that all the screaming of calling DeSantis a racist didn't change the fact that he actually made the changes. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, it's good to be with you. The dogs are happy about this conversation. William Jacobson joins us right now, Cornell Law Professor, a man who loves his puppies, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. And you, of course, follow these critical race uh, conversations. You are the creator of CriticalRace.org, what it's happening in universities, what's going on state uh, by state. Uh, break down for me the two parts. Uh, do I have the correct understanding of what it is DeSantis uh, and and Florida was opposed to? And, it, you know, you write it as college board bends the knee to DeSantis. Is that really what happened? Well, yes and yes. <laughs> okay, so yes, you, you had it right. DeSantis never opposed having an AP course in african-american studies that's a complete media fabrication just like so many other things you can tell that's the way they're setting themselves up to attack him were he to become the republican nominee just like the completely fictitious don't say gay bill they've invented out of thin air so the what he opposed was that the curriculum proposed by the college board for the ap african-american studies uh, course was essentially a CRT curriculum. It was a radicalized, uh, left-wing, ideologically driven curriculum, which also worked into it gender theory and radical gender identity theory. So he said, wait a second, <laughs> we're not going to accept this. This is not an African-American studies course. This is a basically a radical leftist course uh, on racial and gender ideology, and we're not going to do it. And that's what he objected to, never objected to having a course on African-American studies. And of course, then the media went crazy, like you say, now they're calling it don't say black. None of that was ever true, complete fabrication. And what the college board came back with is they essentially accepted his objections, and they've stripped out uh, either all or substantially all of the CRT and gender ideology from the course. And they in fact diversified the course because one of the suggested topics that students can write on is uh, black conservatives. So it's a much more balanced course now. It's a much more uh, appropriate course now. And he really stopped them in their tracks. And so yes, uh, you had it right. And the college board bended the knee to him. But what you end up with is actually a, a better course, which now leads to if this is the case, once you see this, and you're like, wait a second, that's all it took 
All it took was saying no and a willingness to stick with the no, and they changed? Well, how many other places can this change? Has this led to, it wouldn't necessarily be other states, but has this led to conversations about other uh, advanced placement classes or classes in general where it's like where people have noticed uh, the, the bigotry or the slant or the bias or the, the, the purposeful indoctrination and are saying we can make changes here too? Well, it, it hasn't happened yet. I think that at a national sort of level, I believe this new uh, College Board AP curriculum is a national curriculum. So it just took one governor in one big state to put an end to it. So I think that should be a lesson right there for Republican governors, particularly in red states where you have legislative backing and voter backing, that you need to get more aggressive in these things, where national, national entities are trying to impose standards on your state that are inappropriate you have the ability to just say no. And that sometimes will be effective. Now it's Florida, so it's a big state. Would it have been as effective if it was Idaho or you know South Dakota? I don't know. But uh, certainly DeSantis led the way on that. And I think Republican legislatures and governors need to get more aggressive, not to stop topics from being fairly discussed, but the highly politicized indoctrination that is being pushed at a national level by the federal government, by the college board until now, by various education groups funded by people like Bill Gates. Uh, really, the, the last line of defense are the states and the governors and the legislatures. Talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, the mind behind LegalInsurrection.com. In writing about this, you connect to the defunding of critical race theory and DEI. DeSantis takes wrecking ball to diversity, equity, and inclusion bureaucracy in Florida public universities. This is a second story within the same umbrella of stories that simply saying we're not going to do this has led to changes. What are the changes currently underway in Florida? Well, uh, DeSantis proposed legislation. I don't think it's passed yet, but it's on his agenda for this calendar year, which would essentially defund what is loosely called diversity, equity, and inclusion bureaucracies throughout the Florida public university system. Anybody who's been on a campus knows that DEI bureaucracies are incredibly well-staffed. They are growing at a rapid pace. They uh, do programming that affects students and faculty and staff, and they have become really a, a political commissars on campuses pushing identity politics because some they, they'll try to claim, well, DEI is just about you know good things. It's not ideological, but it is ideological. At its core, it uh, is a group identity approach to the world as opposed to an individual rights approach to the world. So the whole thing is ideological. Uh, It's a lot of bloat in the bureaucracy at a time that schools are facing budget issues. So he is passing legislation that essentially defunds it, that no public university, he can't affect private universities, but no public, essentially defunds and eliminates the DEI bureaucracy. Uh, He goes a few steps further uh, that really have nothing directly to do with that, with about weakening the protections, tenure protections for professors. Uh, The two are not necessarily directly related, 
I think the second one might be a little bit more controversial on campuses, but that's what it is. So he, he is somebody who is saying, as governor, we have a right to determine how our taxpayer money is going to be spent, and we are not going to fund this stuff. That's very different than his prior proposal, which is law, which is being challenged in the federal courts, the so-called Stop Woke Act, which tries to regulate what can be taught in classes. And that, at, at the moment, has an injunction against it on First Amendment grounds. Uh, and I've always argued that that is probably the least good way or the worst way to go about it, that focus on the funding for public universities. You do not need to pay for something that you object to. And that's, you know, the power of the purse. And so that's the better route to go is to defund the bureaucracy rather than to try to tell a professor what he or she can say in the classroom. Talking to William Jacobson, Cornell Law Professor, LegalInsurrection.com. I I do want to get into some more of these topics, but I, I wanted to get your take on the FBI investigation at President Biden's beach home in Rehoboth. Uh, This investigation that took place with the knowledge of Joe Biden, with the knowledge of his lawyer, Bob Bauer, they they organized the time, they met up, Bob Bauer led the investigation as per some of the reporting uh, in the House. They didn't find any classified documents, but they did take a couple of handwritten notes with them. This seems, as we've watched the raid on on President Trump's home, whether you agree with it or not, the raid on uh, Paul Manafort's home, the raid on Roger Stone's home, the way we know that the FBI usually operates with, you know, regular folk, this seems very, very irregular and very, very velvet glove. This seem normal to you? This this the way an investigation should happen? Well, uh It is unusual if you look at the other major raids that have taken place. I say raids. Now, they had judicial approval, but they were they were all of the sudden out of the blue, unexpected. That's a raid, no matter how you how do you try to frame it, uh, that the uh, have taken place. You know, I, I think it was Roger Stone. CNN was tipped off in advance and was there with their cameras. So correct. This is something that was kept very hidden. And uh, not the usual way the FBI has done it when they really want to embarrass somebody. Now, of course, now they're going to the home of their boss, literally their boss, the person that the Justice Department reports to. Uh, So I think that part of the executive branch. So it's not usual. It's very deferential. Now, in fairness to the FBI, that did happen with Trump. FBI agents before the raid, weeks or months before the raid, were allowed onto the premises, were allowed to look at things, uh, they were accompanied, uh, and only when they claimed that not everything had been turned over did they then get the, the warrant and do the raid. So it's not usual, it's very deferential, but it, it does have a precedent in the way they initially treated Trump before they claimed that not everything had been turned over. The taking of one or two documents that they say, okay, it's not classified, but that signal anything to you? Well, that's unusual. I mean, if the purpose of this raid, the purpose of this review was to, or search, was to get classified documents, why are they taking handwritten notes? 
we don't know. We don't know what was in the notes. But, you know, I've always argued, or at least argued for weeks, that I think the classified documents at the various Biden locations are the tail on the dog here. Yeah, I don't think that when the lawyers originally discovered that there were classified documents at the UPenn satellite office in D.C., in Washington, D.C., I don't think they were actually looking for classified documents. I think they were looking things regarding Hunter Biden's business dealings, Joe Biden's dealings with foreign governments on behalf of Hunter Biden uh, in that were in his vice presidential papers that were kept at UPenn. I think they were looking for other things because they knew that Republicans were going to be taking over the Congress and would have subpoena power and Republicans could subpoena UPenn to turn over the, all those documents and all those records. Well, if the records are not physically at UPenn, Republicans in the House can't do that. They'd have to subpoena Biden, which raises all sorts of issues. So I think that this was a cleansing operation conducted by Biden's lawyers. Why else would lawyers be doing this rather than just move the boxers, hire, hire a moving company and move the boxes? I think this was a cleansing operation. And in the course of that cleansing operation, the Biden lawyers were like, oh, damn, we've got classified documents in here. What do we do now? Well, they're smart enough lawyers. They knew they couldn't just throw them out. They knew they couldn't. So they they called their buddies, people they knew at DOJ and worked out the turn, you know, turning them over. So I don't think this is really about Joe Biden having classified documents. I'd like to know what were in the documents that weren't classified that have to do with his vice presidential dealings that could be extremely embarrassing and are the real scandal here. The real scandal here is that Joe Biden sold access to himself and maybe worse than just access in order to benefit his family, particularly his son as the conduit. Which so brings us that's which, what I think the story is about. Which brings us quickly to to Hunter Biden finally admitting that the laptop is his. And oh, by the way, there should be a criminal probe into the computer shop owner and former President Trump and Rudy Giuliani because look what they've done and that's all criminal. Does he have a case at all? Well, I, I don't know the details of what his argument is, but it's clear they are running scared. There is stuff out there that we don't know about that probably will get Joe Biden impeached. Okay, as much as Republicans are hesitant to do it, I think his conduct was probably a lot worse and a lot more involved than we currently know. So the fact that Hunter Biden is trying to get people criminally charged for doing things, and he's, as I understand it from news reports, he's saying anyone who shares the information should be criminally charged. So this is another way they're trying to spike the story. They're trying to put reporters and conservatives and everybody that, look, you're going to be criminally prosecuted if you write about this, if you disclose it, if you tell people about it. So this is another shutdown operation. And I think they are hiding something massive, more massive than we even know right now. That is a complete scandal uh, and really shows that Joe Biden breached his uh, you know, duty of loyalty to the United States. We don't have that information yet, but you don't act this way unless you're hiding something. That is Cornell Law Professor William Jacobson. Legalinsurrection.com. Check it out for yourself, sir. I appreciate you. More is coming up. I'm Tony Katz. Oh, boy. 
So this Groundhog Day, the groundhog saw its shadow or didn't see it. Whatever it does with a shadow, that means six more weeks of winter and everybody's pretty miserable about it. That's that's officially what I know. That's the weather cast. I'm Tony Katz. <laughs> Tony Katz today, that's the name of the show. Me, I am Tony Katz. What's going on? Find everything, TonyKatz.locals.com. TonyKatz.locals.com. People get angry about Groundhog Day. This is so stupid. This is ridiculous. Why do we do this? I never knew in America we needed an excuse to do something dumb and have a good time. The only thing weird about Groundhog Day is that it happens so early that it makes the drinking look inappropriate. But that's the whole point. Why do we do any of the? For what reason do we have Super Bowl parties? We really, really have to watch the big game? Or is it just an excuse to hang out, eat some good food, try some recipes, and have a beer or seven? By the way, drink responsibly. There's Just don't get upset by it. I don't understand why people would do it. I also don't take my weather advice uh, from a ferret. Hold on, wait. It's not a ferret. It's a ground. There's a difference? Turns out there's a difference between the ferret and the groundhog. You know I'm going to get emails, right? Oh, yes, I... Oh, don't mess with the groundhogs nor the ferrets. Don't mess with them. Uh, emails will come. Uh, you send those uh, to Tony at TonyCats.com. I will catch you guys tomorrow, everyone. You be good. Take care.